You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Jasmine Johnson. Jasmine is an actress, a writer, and also a teacher. She also went to Juilliard, but a few years after I had graduated. But we met through a site-specific performance that we did with our friend Brendan Spieth, who does the music for The Compass. She has such a calming presence, which you'll hear in her voice, and she's a joy to be in a room with. You can learn more about what she's up to on her website, jasminejohnson.com. In particular, you can read her writing on her blog at that same address. I wanted to share a tiny excerpt from a piece she published there on December 18th, 2018, entitled Doing, The New Waiting. It's directly in line with the conversations I try to feature on the podcast. So here we go. I hope you'll read the rest of the piece um, on her blog. We can be the engine, vehicle, and path to what we want, and we can live a life worth enjoying, not just enduring, while we're on the journey. The suffering, starving artist narrative doesn't have to be our reality. We have too many resources, communities, and talents to wait for someone else to give us the green light or appraise us. So in 2019, hell, actually starting right now, decide what you're going to do. Let this be the moment when you're not defined by who booked you, but by what you've created. Thank you for that, Jasmine. And with that, Happy New Year, and I hope you enjoy the 128th episode of the compass. What do you do to try to keep from going to the dark side as an artist? Uh, I think. <laughs> and what is that dark side for you most often? Um, wow. Uh, I think the dark side for me is a place that's void of everything that you need to be creative so like there's no generosity Mm. there's no um space for like honesty no time for yourself like I used to think that the dark place was when I was alone in my room with the lights out like binging Netflix but I think the dark place could also be when you're overworking yourself Mm. and I think when I go to my dark place, that's what it is for me. Like, oh, I got to go to this thing and do this thing and visit this person and run to this. And I come home and I pass out. Right. Like, yeah, really filling up your time to sort of ignore the nagging in the back of your head. And then to get out of that or what I do or 
depend on, I'd say like a sense of humor. (laughs) Very important. Very important, like keeping it funny and Uh keeping it light sometimes and also honesty. And I'm learning that honesty, there are different forms of honesty. Some honesty will drag you down and some will lift you up. And I think the difference is um, empathy. Hmm. Like if someone's being honest and empathetic, they're like doing you a service. And if someone is just, you know, telling you how it is, like trying to set you straight, um, that can be negative sometimes. Yeah, or sometimes yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with you. Right. It might be some 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 hard some thing that they've thing. gone through that they're right. projecting mm-hmm. onto you. Definitely. That's interesting. I yeah. thought maybe you were going to say something about you needing to be honest. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I do Is that I part think of that it too. too. Absolutely. Like being honest with yourself about where you are and what you're doing. What are the negative things that are behaviors that are holding you back? Um, what are things you need to address? Like what are things that you're hiding from? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have to you have to give yourself that empathetic honesty too. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling since it's since we're recording on New Year's Day? I'm feeling really great, actually. <laughs> are you a resolution person? I, or? I am usually not a resolution person. Mm-hmm. I usually do more like silly ones. So my resolution this year is just to be more social and ha- throw mo- more parties. Um, That's a good one. I love throwing parties and having people over, and I haven't really done it for the past two years, so. I'm I'm looking forward to doing more of that in 2019. That's a know, great one because it's so easy to only see people yeah. on social media or when mm. you run into them at an audition or oh something like that. Yeah. And really it's just important. like hide away from people when you don't when you're feeling like you're in that negative yes. space. So my resolution is to have people at least like once a month just like have some people over fun yeah I want to do that too I'm gonna yeah. steal your resolution you have a great place for <laughs> now I can actually have people over <laughs> um so when you're feeling like you're in that that dark space mm-hmm. what are some of the like the things you reach for to get out of it uh I'd say the first thing friends and family mm-hmm. calling and talking to people um sometimes it's really hard to share and you feel like you don't want to but I think it's necessary and um Another way that I share, other than calling people, is my blog. Yeah. I really like, um, I, I don't know, I've, ever since I was little, whenever I feel upset or confused about something, I've always gone to writing about it. And usually I share that, which it's not like just writing for my diary and like keeping it shut, but like writing something and sharing it with others. Ever since you were young, you shared it? Yeah. Like I wrote a lot of poetry and would always like share it with my mom or my brother or my dad or my classmates at school. Mm -hmm. Um, I just always feel like I can get my ideas down clearer on the page or typing it up and um, sharing it is really cathartic because it's not just like yes my little secret and other people I feel like other people go through the go through similar things so yeah it's really important to share because you never know like who's going through the same thing when did you start the blog I started the blog late 
I think either summer of 2016, I think the summer of 2016 is when I started like building the website with my friend Scout, who's incredible. He's so great and gave me exactly what I wanted. It's really purple. It looks really pretty. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's very purple. Uh, purple is my favorite color, so it's just kind of like, <laughs> it's it's there. Um, and at first, I just wanted an actor website right. just to, you know, have that. But then I was like, well, I could actually like write and post things and have a little personal touch of like, what I think and like what I'm going through and it's really great my students really like it for some reason like they they also like read it and follow which is really great um but also like my friends and my like grandparents also read Aww. it so it's really sweet I really like I really like sharing that's yeah. wonderful yeah it's really great does your writing ever take any other forms have you ever experimented with playwriting or anything like that or is it mostly about like I've hashing out your thoughts. Yeah, I've written some other things with friends, like a couple of different like projects that like we kind of stash away and are like we can come back to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm looking forward to writing more in 2019. That's definitely something I want to do. But in terms of like my website and what I'm more willing to share, it's more like short little essays or like blog posts and things like that. Yeah, it's really good for the soul for me. It's like chicken Um, soup (laughs) I was reading I think the second to last one you posted about Mm -hmm. uh, patience yeah and like waiting Mm -hmm. versus patience Mm -hmm. and uh, that you said that that was kind of like your goal for this past year was having patience yes (laughs) but that now you're kind of seeing that uh, that's not enough that you need to turn it into doing something right and I'll, I'll put the information of your blog on when we put up the podcast because I think people would love to read it but yeah. it definitely is like exactly what we've been talking about for sure on this podcast there is and I don't know it comes from a lot of different places but there's this narrative that I think is told to actors or creative people that you really have to look out for the gatekeepers you have to really be aware of like who your agent is and who your manager is and like mm-hmm. how you're going to break through the industry and like what projects are happening and who's who and who should you know at a cocktail party and I really devoted my last year to that I was like okay so I started the year off and I got a new agent I was like great like this is it like I'm gonna level up this is gonna get me to the next step in my career and I'll go to this thing and I'll network and I'll tell people about myself and I'll connect and there was so much um, effort and energy spent on other people Hmm. and spent on trying to show people who I was instead of just being who I was um, and trying to package myself and edit myself for other people. And it was exhausting. Yeah, It's so exhausting to always try to find your position and compare it to other people and like oh I'm below her but I'm like above him but he could give me a step up in this or you know she has something that I also need to have like it it drove me bonkers (laughs) it's like it's really maddening um and and just reflecting in the last month or so I started realizing that what's important to me is to share like that's why 
I act like that's why I write is I want to share with other people and sharing myself is not (laughs) showcasing myself right there's a difference well that's what I was going to ask because I Mm -hmm. I felt a lot of that and struggled with a lot of that right out of school like as soon as the showcase season Mm -hmm. began I felt I don't know part of me wishes I could have taken better advantage of it but part of me is okay with the fact that I, I was coming out of like a really great artistic experience in mm-hmm. school with Brian Murdy's at the time. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't like wrap my head around packaging myself correctly yeah. in the showcase. So mm-hmm. I probably didn't do as well as I could have because I didn't right. like play the game. I feel the same way. And trying to play the game the first couple of years out of school was very unsatisfying for me. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like this has kind of been building since you graduated? or Or has it been, have you been like feeling positive about the game until this realization now you know I think it's been since I've graduated yeah yeah I had a really hard time with just like personally and also professionally right after school when (laughs) I it's it's really funny recounting this because like so much has happened since then right right right. it's like you go back and you're like this was such a big drama and (laughs) now you're like really girl like I only bring it up because it it, it, you know, our Juilliard experience was so many things, but then yeah. sud- suddenly at the end, you focus You're, so much on that. I know. It's like everything is like group and ensemble right. and like being vulnerable and it's, it's a rehearsal and everything. And then the last, <laughs> the last like six weeks are like, girl, like get your overalls on, like make sure your hair is done, <laughs> like overall. smile for the camera. Like, oh, it's like, okay. Um, <laughs> but, um, after so showcase really threw me it really threw me that transition is really crazy and everyone gets very um sort of like manic and (laughs) self-involved in this way that you really aren't at any other point in the training um and so everyone every class and person takes it differently but things come out um (laughs) remember (laughs) Richard gave me a note in the middle of our first showcase, like when the first audience came and I was doing some like silly scene with a classmate and he came over and he was, he just like told me something like, I can't even remember. It was like, find the funny in it. Or like, it's funnier if you do this. And I was like, okay. And I went into the dressing room and I had a full on meltdown. (laughs) Like I was like, guys, guys, it's over. It's over. Oh my God. Like just like (laughs) panicking. (laughs) And like looking back on it, I was like, oh girl, like (laughs) just struggling. Um, but after showcase, you know, go to LA and do the whole thing. Um, I got back and I didn't have very, I didn't have a lot of interest, but I had one agency that was interested in me and this particular agent at the agency brought me in we had a meeting it was really lovely um and then I was like I'm gonna go with them I'm gonna sign with them this is gonna be my pathway in and then he was fired he was fired the day I was going to go in and sign with them I got an email that morning and Uh, from another agent that was like you know this person's been fired unfortunately and because they've been fired we can't take you on so sorry about that like sure you have other options like xo and (laughs) i (laughs) i was destroyed that's terrible just destroyed i thought and nothing having to do with you nothing having to do with me totally out of my control i was like here's my pathway and then it was like a tree falling in the middle of it um, 
and I just cried for like three days straight and like locked myself in my room and like my friend had a birthday party that I missed like it was I was really down and there were a couple of like personal things that happened right after that like I lost a friend really tragically mm-hmm. and then Jim passed away and it's Jim I, Houghton, who yeah. was the head of head of the Juilliard Journal yeah program. and it was I mean tough for everybody but really tough after having just graduated and him just being there yeah was really difficult um yeah so I just really I was like this is not what I was expecting my first six months out of school to be um but fortunately and really strangely um Laura Linney had seen me in one of my shows at the end of fourth year Mm mm-hmm and she did this thing when I was at school where she took all the fourth years out to individual lunches to like talk about industry things and each separately, each separately, that is so nice. which is really nice. And I talked, so cool. I talked to Jim into getting her to take all the women in our class out for lunch. Did she? Cause she spoke at our graduation. Oh, our year, but oh that's so awesome that she took you out individually. Yeah, like each of that's us, so which sweet. is like so, so wildly generous yeah. like, to be like, yeah, I'm just giving my time over to each and every single one of you. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. So, um, we, we had our lunch and she was like, you know, if you ever need anything, like, let me know. And I was like, okay. And somehow she had gotten my cell phone number and I was on the phone with my boyfriend at the time and then this number comes up and I'm like okay well let me take this I don't know who it is and I pick it up and she's like hi it's Laura Linney like Jasmine is this you how are you and I was like uh like great now (laughs) like what is happening um and she was like well I have a friend who's a casting director who's casting this this pilot and she asked me if I knew anybody who'd be good for this part and I think you should go in for it and I'm sitting there like um like in my bed with like pints of Ben and Jerry's like all around me (laughs) like like uh okay yes absolutely and so I went in for this pilot and I was so nervous and freaking out and, you know, had no idea what I was getting myself into and got far, but didn't get the part. Mm-hmm. But, um, a manager in LA who I'd sort of talked to saw my tape and signed me from that. Wow. Um, and so that's how I got my, rep- the representation that I have now and, that story just (laughs) there are so many ways of uh being an artist or like getting into industries or making things happen for yourself and we're taught that there's this one pathway yes you showcase you get something out of it you start auditioning you book a job you book another job you're Meryl Streep like that's sort of like (laughs) what they tell you, um, or what's told sometimes what we tell ourselves as well. But, um, there are so many other ways of doing it. And that's the energy I guess that I'm bringing into 2019 is that, um, never underestimate any experience because that play that she saw me in, I was only in the second act. And so I was, I really had an attitude about it because all the agents come your fourth year and they would, it was a long play. And so they would leave after the first act. Right. And I was like, great. So 
no one's going to see me. Like, great. Um, and someone did see me. I was very wrong about that. And fortunately, someone did see me. So just really taking advantage of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. What sorts of um, collaborators do you have? What sorts of ways do you try to make your own work when the work isn't coming from another channel? I, this is like my favorite thing to talk about. I love my friends. Like Mm -hmm. I I love my friends and the people that I have met through school and other opportunities. I, when I was at school, I lived with a lot of dancers. I I was very social. And you Um, were there for undergrad. I was there for undergrad. Yeah. Um, so I lived in the dorms for two years, met a lot of people that way. And then went on the New Orleans service trip for three years and led it for two the best thing just really incredible and so special um and I wish they still did it but they don't anymore oh they don't no. they've ended it they've ended it they did it for 10 years and then the year after I left they couldn't get enough people together I think a lot of people graduated out at the right. same time maybe they'll find another yeah project another project I mean, god knows there are I other hope places that need there's so many too. places many things have happened since yeah Katrina. Mm-hmm. um but on that trip, I met a lot of musicians and different people at school. And for a while, I felt like I always became the person who, like, if there was a musician who needed text read in a, like, senior recital or something, they'd be like, hey, Jasmine, like, come do this thing. Or, mm-hmm. um, like, if a dancer needed some recordings for something, like, will you record, like, I did, like, a big Hamlet speech for some dance piece, like, recorded it, and they messed with it. But um, little collaborations like that have led to bigger projects and it's it is so much fun to collaborate (laughs) with other people it's just so much fun I I love it because everyone's got at school it's like oh you're a pianist or oh you're an actor oh you're a dancer but then when you really start meeting people everyone has like different interests and Mm -hmm. curiosities that at first they would never share (laughs) <laughs> they would never share like oh well you know I'm sort of interested in theater or like oh well you know I play the flute but I kind of want to tap dance like you know it's like people have these little secret things right, right, right. that you get to you know but it's not the thing they're there to right, study professionally right yeah and labels are sometimes very dangerous in that yes. way because you get stuck in a box of like I'm only here for my theater training right. I should not be choreographing on the freshman dancers like (laughs) and no but sometimes you have to do that and it's it's like fun to work on those um extra skills that you have and everyone has so many I remember walking up a hill with one of my classmates in Edinburgh and we were talking about we were with some other people we were talking about you know what it is to be an actor and acting and I had this epiphany where I was like I don't really feel like I'm an actor I feel like I'm an artist and Mm -hmm. like she kind of scoffed and was like oh girl like it's (laughs) it's not that deep like calm down what are you talking about like we're all just actors out here trying to do the thing but I don't know I think there's something really um comforting about being as big as you possibly can and exploring every avenue and like 
creating things. Like yeah. I like to think of myself as a creator. Like I like to make a big mess with my friends, <laughs> a big mess, um, and show it to people. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Are you working on anything? Interesting yeah. And, um, me and a classmate Noah are writing something right now. Um, and the big wild thing that I want to do in 2019, which is like a little, it's a little crazy. Like it's a little on the fringe. I want to have a Christmas special. That's a great idea. <laughs> I want to have a Christmas special. I'm saying this with my Christmas tree still <laughs> right up there. Me. It's like right there. <laughs> but I just think it's fun now. You know, these celebrities sometimes will have Christmas right, specials. Like that Bill Murray one that yeah, came out a couple years which, ago. It's like so crazy and wild and fun, and you could do a million different things. That's and it a like great idea. it really doesn't matter who you are. Like it's just like a holiday special. Right. Even if somebody doesn't know you. Right. There's a theme there that they're interested in. That everyone's like, okay, holiday time, we'll watch it, we'll get in the spirit. And so I've talked about it with my friend Gwen a couple of times. It's like, yeah, a Christmas special. She's like, that's a good idea. And then the next year I was like, a Christmas special. She's like, no, that's a good idea. And this is the year. This is the year. It's happening. And you have time. Tons of time. You start now. You have time. I know. Tons of time to get it together before Christmas. So that's the one thing that I am holding myself to that is happening in 2019. Plus, sometimes it's helpful to have something that's like a contained yeah. project. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like you're trying to write a TV series. Right. With like six seasons. Mm-hmm. It's like this one thing. This one thing. It's manageable to yeah. think about the structure. And of. it's like we sh- we should talk about this more because the whole like um making your own work thing it is like it is such a struggle and it's really it's really complicated and there are so many things um for me personally that have bubbled up in doing it um that I just don't think people talk about enough like being a woman and creating things and um it's sometimes it's really hard to put yourself out there as a woman I have a lot of male friends who have no problem being like, we're going to do this project. It's going to be about this. I'm going to cast you, you, and you. We're going to do it. We're going to put it up. And it's like here on YouTube. It's fabulous. It's wonderful. And you like pitch in and everyone's collaborative and it's happening. And then the second you're like, well, like I've written something and I, I would love to like maybe share it with you and maybe you could read it and give me your thoughts and opinions. It's like the dude just did it. Like the guy was, he didn't ask about your opinion. Like he didn't ask for your advice or ask you to edit. Like he just got up there and was like, I wrote it. Here's my friend. Here's a dude with the camera. Like we're going to put it up. And I just like a lot of the women I know, including myself, there's this need to like, would you mind? Permission. Yes. Permission. Absolutely. And there's that imposter syndrome. Yeah. That is really taught to women. Absolutely. Really early. And Mm -hmm. so that. I mean, obviously we know extremely talented men and I'm sure the stuff that they're doing is valid. Yeah. But there's also guys I know who just, they have the confidence that what they're doing is worthy, Mm -hmm. even if it might need some work. Yeah. And a lot of the women feel, including myself, feel the need to like have someone give them permission to... To, to say that it's worthwhile. Absolutely. It's like there are all these yeah, checkpoints. Totally right. And it has really held me back. And a lot of things that I've even tried to, even like getting a reading together, mm-hmm. like sharing with friends and 
which is already hard because people are like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to present myself as a writer or I don't want someone to like roast my idea and embarrass right. me. But, you know, to not feel, I don't, to feel like you need to pass all these checkpoints to get approval to do something. I feel like that's what holds a lot of women back sometimes. And it's something this year that I am not interested in. It's just like, I'm going to work <laughs> with a great people way to put it. and I'm just not, I'm really not, I'm going to work with people and put it out there. And if I mess up, that's fine, but it's out there. I did it. I feel like sometimes for me, it's the, I'm like self censoring mm-hmm. so that no one else will judge me Absolutely. or censor me. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to like do it before anyone has the chance to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really about having really good collaborators around you mm-hmm. and knowing that you know, sometimes people say, I want to be a part of it. I want to help you. I want to work on it. But if they don't have that collaborative spirit, like if they don't um, have the, you know, personality traits that really boost creativity and collaboration and if it's not positive but it's a teardown just can't happen Uh -uh. it can't happen (laughs) it it can't yeah it's not gonna help you mm -hmm. gain confidence yeah putting yourself out there yeah because not not every friend is a collaborator that's a good thing to know. Like yeah. Even if you can have a friendship mm-hmm. and not need them to be all things to you. Absolutely. They don't need to be your artistic collaborator. Yeah. They can just be your friend. They can just be your friend. They can just be your friend who you see once a month. Right. Or exactly. Or they can be your close friend. <laughs> Reason season lifetime, right? It's kind of like when you would know that you have friends that you could be roommates with and those you cannot. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. It's like, you know, you got to know where people are in your life. Yeah. Yeah. But here's to more women creating things and feeling free to do so yeah in 2019 yes yes hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, can we talk about your teaching artist? Oh my gosh, a little yes. Bit? Yeah. Did you get so? Did you get started with that through the New Orleans project? Yeah, was that, that was experience? that was really my first experience in teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved kids, babysat a lot, and my mom is also a teacher, so that sort of inspired me as well whenever I would go back on Christmas break or something I would like to go into her kindergarten classroom at the time and Uh. like visit the kids um but I so I started teaching with the New Orleans project like really sort of like what is this like master class teaching thing that we're doing for these kids um, it's a lot of collaborative teaching. Yeah, too, right? yeah. It's like how Team are teaching. me, a clarinetist, and a dancer going to mm-hmm. teach something? You know what? I mean? Like really putting it together and having um, concrete lesson plans. But um, after I graduated, I'd, I've had so many like crazy day jobs, mm-hmm. <laughs> like really kind of done it all. Um, but I was working front desk at a Pilates studio. 
Um, and I was like, I need to change. Like, I need to make more money. I want to do something more creative. And um, a friend recommended me for a teaching job. And I was thinking like, oh, it's going to be easy breezy. Just like I come in, I'm a theater teacher. I teach the kids. They'll be interested and that'll be done. (laughs) I was working at my first very serious teaching job was at a high school Mm -hmm. in the Bronx. It is one of the top five worst schools in all of New York. Oh my. I had no idea at the time. Um, My largest class was 50 kids. By yourself? In one class. Like, totally, like, illegal, totally not good. I mean, I'm like, glad that they're bringing a teaching artist in. That's kind yes. of surprising. Yeah. And I thought that I was going to be there in, like, a teaching artist capacity when really I was a full-on, like, five classes theater teacher. Wow. This is me, like, a 22-year-old, <laughs> like, stepping into a classroom, like, teaching. Wow. Five days a week. Five days a week? Five days a week. Oh my gosh. And it's like this, uh, the company that I work through had like really figured out a way to like, you know, this one was really passionate about putting teachers in schools and like really spreading the arts to all these schools who are totally neglected um, and kids who are interested. But it was the wild, wild west. And I think it was, I mean, outside of, you know, acting school like the experience that changed me the most in my life Mm. um really having to fight for your passion and tell high schoolers which no one will hold you more accountable than a young person who's like 14 to 19 like (laughs) they they are truth tellers and they they smell it like they smell it if you come in and you're on any bs they're like I have no time for you. I'm done. I'm not paying attention. Like, I have better things to do. I could talk to my friend over here. I could leave and go to the bathroom and never come back. I do not have time for you. Like, the groundlings. Like, the modern-day groundlings. Like, they're ready to throw tomatoes at you. Like, whatever it is. And it, having to do that five days a week, I'd wake up at, like, 5.30 to get to the Bronx by, like, 7.50 because the first class started at 8 every day taking the the a train down no the one train down to catch the two all the way back up to the bronx like it truly maddening (laughs) like a really like a really hard time but it it really made me so strong and really taught me that like no matter what like if i'm never on a tv show if i never ever do a play again if i don't get to get my dream projects out there like no matter what I am passionate about this thing and I get to share it with other people Mm -hmm. and it's like art changed my life (laughs) it changed everything about me like 95% of my friends are artists like I love going to plays and concerts or just like getting people together at my apartment and like giving people an eight count like whatever it is (laughs) like I like it's crazy but I love doing it all and being able to share it is something that is really life-affirming. It really is. Um, and it was, I tried to get as many of my friends in there as possible to like, it's like spreading the gospel. It's like, there's this crazy thing called art and you could maybe do it professionally if you want to. And or you can be an appreciator you, like, you for can, the rest of your I, life. And it's crazy. Like, 
these kids who live off the two train, like you could take the two train straight into Manhattan. Most of them had never, ever seen any sort of live art performance. Never. And I was like, really? Like, this is real? And they're like, no, never seen it. Never seen someone sing live. Never seen someone play an instrument live. Like, I've never seen a ballet dancer in my life, especially one that's like black or brown. Absolutely not. Right. Like, and so bringing my friends into my classroom was such a rewarding experience. And my friends getting to share, like, my classmate Jimmy doing Shakespeare with the kids and like them reacting in this real time way where like usually like this is so above them they won't get it like they, you know Shakespeare's complicated in it like so visceral he's like you're gonna be my scene partner and they're reacting in real time with him like insane um I had a bunch of my classmates come in and film a project we worked on oh, cool and that was really rewarding like <laughs> Well, especially yeah. now since everybody has their like iPhone. Yeah, and it's and like, you can like, create, you can make your own short films. You can, and some of the kids had done little short films with mm-hmm. their friends, and were inter- they're all interested in like the YouTuber right. space, um, and so they were showing us their videos and getting advice. How can I make it like this, and how can I edit it like this, and mm. it's just really rewarding. But I was, um, while at the same time doing that. I was also having to go to auditions, right? And I mean, I mean, and that sounds like it was a full time. Absolutely. How many classes a day? I would teach you? five classes a day, five days a week. Five days a week. Yeah, that is not no. <laughs> and waking <laughs> up time. I would work from like eight to about like one thirty or two. Right. And from there, like there were some days where I had an audition right after. And, I mean, the trains just aren't reliable and will not get you there fast enough. So there were days where I had to take, like, $70 Ubers just to get to an audition. Yeah, and then preparing and having to get up that early. And, and... like, on my lunch break, locking the doors to my classroom so I could, like, run sides by myself because I have to run to this thing right after. Um, And it was really, really draining. And some of my friends pulled me aside and talked about honesty um, and we're like, we, like, you know, you're really exhausted. And, like, this thing you're doing is really great and you love it. But, like, what about you? Right. And what about what you need? And so. Especially so soon. Like right. You're just starting school. to get your career going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so a friend and I actually I brought a friend into the company and we started team teaching. So he would teach three times a week and I would, what well, we would both teach two times a week and then alternate on Fridays which was really helpful and like yeah that's a great brought idea. him in but like even still like with the traveling it was a lot and I went through this whole phase where I thought like you know what like I've been teaching and I love it but I am an actor and I need to put myself out there so <laughs> this summer I was like I'm done I'm not teaching again I'm done I'm just gonna work in a restaurant and <laughs> It's, I, lear- I learned the hard way that these, these paths that people tell you you have to take to something, like if you're going to be an actor, you need to have a job that's flexible, allows you to audition, like a job that you hate, so you'll be mo- more focused on your career. And I worked in this restaurant and I hated like 
80% of my experience there. Mm-hmm. The people I met were fantastic. And I had worked in restaurants before, but... It's so stressful. It's so stressful. And the you have to be careful of the energy in those places because there are a lot of people there who are jaded. And no, no one... like. A job is a job, and jobs are fantastic, but people carry around a lot of stress when you're waiting tables, and people come in and treat you sort of any kind of way they want to treat you. Chefs are yelling at you. Your bosses, you know, your coworkers are yelling at you. It's all going so fast. It's mm-hmm. all about creating this experience for other people, and people, it can really bring you down, the, all that negativity. It's like, why bother? You know, you get home late, you wake up late in the morning because you were, you know. And I thought, I was like, well, this is me. This is me doing a service to myself because I'm giving myself all this free time in, you know, the daytime and afternoon to audition or work with people, like start writing projects, which I thought, like, this is the life that I want. Like, I'll do it. I don't care about this job. Right. I won't think about it when I'm not there. Exactly. Like, it's just about the money, whatever. But it was slowly, like, taking pieces of me away and making me bitter and making me angry and making me you know just I was really down on myself and so I started like looking for other teaching jobs that were maybe a little bit more part-time and where I really felt like doing the administrative stuff from my first teaching job was really the thing that was like like waking up early but having to grade the students Mm. having to have parent-teacher conferences like having to answer emails and meet with principals and you know it's a lot like yeah that's not that's not a normal teaching artist no situation no and to be so young and kind of like thrown into this experience I mean completely you know was not prepared for it but I, I applied for a job that I thought would um you know cover me and was a little bit more flexible and way more creative and I was at the restaurant working there's like a crazy party um, table said some really crazy stuff to me and I was already worked up for the night and I passed this table on to a friend Um, something in their order got messed up and the chef started yelling at me and like being in the kitchen I walk away and I was like I'm sorry it won't happen again he goes if you weren't so focused on your failed acting career you could put the orders in correctly oh my god (laughs) it's it's like I I mean it's it's a lot of things but all the negative stuff aside and all the like sassy bad things that I wanted to say to him really didn't matter because that was the moment I realized like I'm never coming back here (laughs) I'm never coming back here good for you and I like this whole suffering artist thing it's it's not true it's this story that's been fed to us like it's not you know we don't have to struggle in order to be successful we don't have to struggle in order to get what we want we have to work hard we don't have to subject ourselves to people who are going to tell you off in restaurants or you know agents or managers who are going to make you feel small or you know um friends who are going to critique you like critique your work like that's not a friend you know Mm -hmm. um and so 
I started teaching again because that's the thing that makes me happy and keeps me creative. And if I'm doing something related to my art every day, teaching is an art, by the way. Yes. It is a one-person show for 45 minutes. a separate skill. It is. It it truly is an art form, and you're constantly figuring things out and adjusting and moving. And um, I really underestimated it when I first got into it but you have to do whatever makes you feel good in order to you know be at peace with yourself and be able to create and you can't it's really hard to be creative be a collaborator when you're also going to the soul-sucking job like in the evening or afternoon um and that's just it's you know I mean, it's something that everybody, most everybody has to deal with at some point, unless mm-hmm. you're a trust fund baby. Exactly. I really think it's about creating the life that you want and not subjecting yourself to some idea of a life or a path that you think you have to go mm-hmm. down. Um, I love teaching and it makes me a better actor, so I am going to teach. That's like right. what I'm going to do for my day job. Right. You know, and I whatever the like everyone I think has to find that thing in order to be creative and positive and not feel like I'm just sitting here waiting for the phone Mm -hmm. to ring and I'm about to you know put on my white shirt and tie go to this restaurant and serve people all night that's Frankie and I were just talking about this last night like with New Year's Mm -hmm. about like not waiting to be joyful no you know, yeah, like, <laughs> like not waiting until yeah. we have something to celebrate. You don't have, you or do not have job, to wait. Jo- like new gig that came mm-hmm. out, or like to celebrate, like to find, I know it sounds cliche, but to like really find those joyful little things in living your everyday life. Absolutely. Which obviously we have a giant reminder of that now with a baby. Right. <laughs> Makes that a lot easier, but, um. You know, we both find ourselves falling into that. Absolutely. We'll be like, we're just drudging. We're just getting through. Just the getting week. through, and like, you, you go know? through this work experience, and you come home, and then you complain about the work experience, and then that takes up that time. Yep. And yeah. you're like calling people, like, "Well, this happened," and they're like, "Well, this happened to me," and you're just feeling a negative, and you, you know, try and do something that makes you feel better and go to sleep, like, yeah. and it's that's a huge part of self care. Like, that's a huge part of self-care. And I'm really not, like, a um, hashtag self-care <laughs> type of woman. Um, but I'm realizing that it's so important to talk about whatever that is, like, what you do for yourself, mm-hmm. that thing that you do for you or what makes you happy. Um, like, if it is, you know, this job that you have, sure. Like, I'm only alive for a certain amount of time. Like, I don't know when I'm going to die. So I need, like, I'm going to have a job that makes me happy. And that job will lead to other things that is going to make me happy. Like, it, it's that, ener- like, good energy begets greater energy. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you have to keep it, you have to keep it joyful. And I don't want to say positive because, you know, things aren't always positive. But, like, finding the good in the everyday things that you do really will help you. Um, My boyfriend was working this, like, not-so-great job at a wine store. And he was like, well, you know, I'm making money. I'm there. Like, I like the guys who work there. Like, 
you know, it is what it is. Like, this is what I have to do. You know, this is the job I have to have. And we had a conversation. I was like, no, you, you don't have to have this job. You can have another job. You just have to go looking for it. It takes work, but you, ha- you have to go looking for this thing. It's going to make you happy. And he got this new job at this new wine store and he loves it. And it makes him so happy. It brings him so much joy. And that infects the rest of his life. He's like, great. So now I want to work on things. Like I'm ready to like share plays with people or like develop my friend's projects or just like be a better auditioner. Like he's feeling more positive. Yeah. And it's, we just don't, there's just a lot of actor stigma, like stereotype that we don't have to buy into. Yeah. Or at least like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying. (laughs) I'm not buying. I'm good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, how does your family take in your choice to be an artist for your career? <laughs> oh, well, um, <laughs> um, my family has always been super supportive of me wanting to act. And I, I caught the bug from them when yeah. I was younger. My dad would do this thing that he calls gag tapes where he would like take funny things that happened in the family throughout the year and have it's basically like it's like a blooper reel. Yeah, exactly. A family and like blooper reel. That's have awesome. me and my brother dress up as like my grandparents or my aunts and uncles and like basically like do a sketch version of what happened and they would like sit and record us and like give us our lines and they I mean my dad's That's an accountant so and my mom like stayed with us when we were younger but is now a teacher and it's like these you know they're like well, I don't understand why she's like an actor I don't really get it and it's like <laughs> you guys like forced us to do these little shows when we were younger <laughs> like a, we got it like I got That's it from positive you. reinforcement yeah from exactly yeah. and um when I told them I went to boarding school when I was 16 right, this boarding right, school right. for the arts in South Carolina and when I told them I went to a summer program and they were like she'll never want to go to the boarding school and of course I, I saw this man Ashley Robinson do a monologue and I was like I'm done like <laughs> this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life oh my gosh I have decided I am 15 this is a sign he <laughs> came home and told my parents and they were like uh well we're gonna have to do some research on this and so I had to put a PowerPoint presentation together yes, for I my dad <laughs> to show to show him like these are the things that I can do in this career that will make me money. Like mm-hmm. I will be stable in this. Like if I'm not, this is like plan B and C and D and E and all, you know, it's like <laughs> this. And I had, I put it in PowerPoint and I, we had a day where I, I was like, dad, this, I can make money this way. I can do this. I could be a this if this doesn't work out. I can do it this, but this is, this is the path. Like I'm, I'm going this way. It's going to happen. <laughs> and they like always checked in with my teachers and were like, is this thing real? Like, like, is she like really talented? Like, could she like go to a good school for this? Like, will she make money? Like, will this be okay? And I had fabulous teachers and who I really, really admire, um, who are very frank with my parents about the whole thing. Right. Yeah. That's not something you can say yes or no to as we're discussing absolutely yeah (laughs) seriously but still yeah that's great that they and you know mm -hmm. ran along with you for the ride yeah and they love it like my family is a big sports family and Mm. so they watch a lot of like my my brother is actually an assistant coach at a college in south a basketball coach in south carolina um and he wants to be a that's his career path he wants to be a coach 
a basketball coach on the collegiate level and um they go to a lot of his games but it's always fun when they come see a play or they like come to one of my shows or read something that I'm in um it really makes me happy because they they don't know it <laughs> like they're not they don't know the ins and outs of like the theater world but they really do appreciate it right and, and they always, know how to be fans they, they know, know how to, how to be fans on. yes <laughs> and they'll like they'll try and talk the talk like be like oh were you off book like oh were you you know were you this and so they yeah I That's they're very wonderful. supportive and I'm very um fortunate to have parents who are so supportive That's so great yeah and into it they're really into it um we've been talking for a while mm-hmm. and so there's two questions that I usually ask at the end yeah unless there is some topic that I have not asked you about that you really wanted to talk about since I don't know everything about yeah. your artistic no I life. think yeah let's go for we've it covered a lot of different things yeah um so the first one is uh when you are feeling like you're in that dark place mm-hmm. like uninspired and yeah unmotivated like are there any concrete things that you reach for again and again like a book mm. that you reread or music that you listen to or somewhere you go that can kind of shake you out of it yeah the I would say the concrete thing that I do when I'm in that dark place I and you know I'm saying it. I'm I'm just going to I'm going to keep it real. Like I I love pop music and I will turn on music and just like dance around my apartment or sing in the that shower. Is valid. Like it it is <laughs> it, it is a little lame. Like I will, you know, I'll give myself that, but that it, that truly is the thing that I do. It always shakes me out of my mood. And even if it's just listen I love Beyoncé, it's like listening mm-hmm. If I had one piece of advice, like I really giving <laughs> advice is like insane. really not cute sometimes, but like if I had one piece of advice, mm-hmm. you listen to Beyonce, you're out of it. Like That's whatever true. it was, when she says, "I'm gonna keep running because a winner, a winner don't quit on themselves." You, like, you can't quit. Get you're like, go. I gotta go. She's right. A winner doesn't quit on themselves. Like I gotta. I'm gonna get out of here. That's really, I mean, that's honestly what I do. Yeah. I love just like moving, very like kind of (laughs) moany. Like you have to move in order to feel something different. That's what I think. So I've always loved that. And then the last question is Have you seen anything recently of any art form that you want to recommend? Oh my gosh. Well, unfortunately, it's not, it's over. But Scott Aiello's play. Oh, I didn't get to see it. Frankie. Bernie and Mikey's Trip to the Moon. Mm hmm. It was the best piece of theater I saw in 2018, and just a a gleaming example of sharing. Like when someone is, you feel it when someone is really sharing something with you. They're not trying to teach you anything. Mm. They're not trying to get you to buy anything. They're not <laughs> trying to like, they're you know they're not quizzing you. They're not preaching to you. He. I mean, that play was so beautiful, and the performances in it were just really stunning, and it really touched me, and I, for everyone who's, I hope there's another iteration of it, I'm gonna, like, wish that, put that out into the universe, but, um, I I just, I was really inspired that night seeing the show. I got to see it on the opening night, and it's about Scott's family, 
and his family was in the audience. Oh, that's and wonderful. And it was just such a special evening, and I was really lucky that Forrest invited me. Um, I was a recessi. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and Forrest was in your class? Yes, he was. And he was the main actor. Mm-hmm, in the show. But um, it, anything like that, that is, you know, people really sharing themselves with somebody else. It's not, you know, perfect or beautiful or, you know, over manicured. We're not asking anything of you. We're just trying to share our experience Mm -hmm. because that's what, that's what we need more of like everywhere in our world. Um, but just like listening to someone like give, being a witness to somebody or to something. Um, and so that would be my one thing that I really loved in 2019. Wonderful. Or 2018, rather. Yeah. Last year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine. This was thank great. you for having me, Leah. I love this so podcast. Lovely. It's so great. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. If you find these conversations valuable to your life as an artist and would like to support the ongoing production of The Compass, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thecompasspodcast. Pledges start at as little as $1 a month. You'll get access to bonus content and anything you can give would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you have a moment, please rate or review in iTunes. Every little bit helps other listeners to find the podcast. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brandon Spieth, audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.